trust you have a, a Bible with you this morning, or maybe it's a, a Bible app you have. Um, uh, I, I invite you to turn with me, please, to uh, Isaiah chapter 9. We are indeed into the Christmas season. Just the one verse, really, we're looking at this morning. You'll hear it, no doubt, read at all the different carol services, of course. These great words of prophecy from Isaiah, written some uh, 700 years or so before uh, the, the fulfillment, really, of it. And the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as a little babe born in Bethlehem. And as you turn up, I want to say thank you to Adrian and to Brian for the warm words of welcome. Indeed, to Brian for the invitation to come and to preach with you, or to be with you here today to preach God's Word. And it'd be great to be back to Renew Fellowship. I think we go back a long way over the years, and not just when I was with Coaching for Christ, but in the years before, when I was pastor and down in Kilkeel, really up here quite a bit. I know you were vacant at the time, and uh, was able to come and, and minister uh, at that time. So many good friends I know that I have here, and uh, it says good to renew the fellowship today. I do keep up to touch with different things, especially your sports camp. And um, in the summertime, our football week is the same week as well. You have the hockey as well, and uh, keep up to touch with, or up to date with it all through Brian. And uh, great to see how that has continued. And indeed, uh, the, the work of coaching for Christ. Uh, I, I know they haven't been here for a long time. It's tremendous, really, to see how well the sports camp is going so many years later. And uh, coaching for Christ, they continue to uh, to to go on well. And I've been involved with. Them. Even this year, we, we had them in Tubermore, um, and then I was in Spain with them as well at the end of the summertime. And the Lord's continuing to bless their work. Do continue to pray for them. It's all about the gospel. It's all about pro- proclaiming good news to a lost world. And I know they'd appreciate your ongoing prayers uh, for them. But it's good to be with you. I bring greetings from Tubermore as well. And uh, the Lord continues to bless us there. Uh, I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position. I, I not only have an assistant pastor, but I have a student assistant as well. And uh, I would say he'll be quite relieved now because he should be finishing off. If he hasn't already finished, we're 11 o'clock start. And um, he's actually, you were talking there, Brian, about me uh, my, my ID in the 80s. Well, it's nice having a student assistant who's actually older than me. Uh, so it is, uh, he's from Cookstown Baptist, Thomas Harper, and then our assistant is Luke Keys, and uh, he's preaching tonight. So uh, I, I do a bit of work now and again, so I do in case, before anybody says to me this morning, what do you do, Alan? Um, I, I do a bit of work now and again, but the Lord has blessed us, and indeed, um, we're like everywhere else. We have all our challenges, and I'll be mentioned a little bit here this morning, the today's world in which we live. We do have big challenges, in fact. And uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and those of the world. And indeed, we need the Lord's help. And that's really what we'll be looking at here this morning, these uh, well-known words in in Isaiah chapter 9. I'm beginning to think oil must be cheap down in this part of the world uh, because it's warm up here, so it is. So hopefully it'll not put you to sleep this morning. Um, But uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for unto us. A child is born. Unto us a son is given. And, his, uh, sorry, uh, and, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And then really what we're coming to look at this morning. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, 
the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We know God will bless his word to our hearts once again this morning. A couple of years ago, you may remember us saying about, well, oil must be cheap down here, but um, you may remember a year and a half, two years ago, uh, after COVID and then the war, the war started in, uh, in Ukraine, and of course, oil prices, petrol prices, diesel prices, everything rocketed. And I think at places like diesel was running at something like two pound uh, a litre. And uh, certainly uh, it made us all be very careful with our journeys. Do we need to take the car? That is, if you're a diesel or petrol car, maybe you're electric, but even electric prices all rocketed as well. But the BBC uh, back then had a news reporter um, who was reporting about the fuel shortage and indeed of how many people were panic buying. And uh, I don't know if you saw the report, it did go viral. Um, But standing on the forecourt of a filling station, the reporter's name appeared on the screen, and it was the name Phil McCann. You couldn't write it, so you couldn't. I think the BBC hadn't realized it until this man, uh, he was reporting to say about all of this, and up came his name, Phil McCann. I don't know if he got it filled for cheap or cheap at all or not, but uh, I wonder when he was born if his parents knew that, that that would actually happen in his life, that, that that would be his great moment of fame, really, on television, because they say it did go viral uh, soon after it happened. And the reason I mention that this morning is because names have meanings. And sometimes parents of a newborn baby assign a specific name uh, to the newborn because they want to see, really, the meaning of it um, develop, really, as they grow older in life as they grow up in this world. Maybe it's something that you as a parent uh, have done, or uh, maybe you're somebody and and, uh, uh, say you've done it, and uh, I wonder, has it really worked out for you as you have hoped? And certainly one of the things that many many do is they they use names from the Bible, and because there's just such a great meaning to them, and uh, they want to see that uh, develop in their lives, and say this, of course, it leads us really into our text here this morning, which is this great verse, this well-known verse of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, and a fourfold name given to a newborn son who, uh, who we know as, as Jesus Christ. And it's a name not given by Mary and Joseph, but it was given by God, as we know, as I've already said, through the prophet Isaiah, some 700 years before Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. And uh, what a beautiful name we have here. The, the latter part of the verse, it says, His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And really what I want to do this morning, very simply, is really to seek to put it into what we would call layman's terms with the hope that, that then we can see how these precious names which tell us something of the, the, the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can see how he ministers into our lives, how it applies to our lives in the present day. So first of all, in this prophecy, I, I believe that we see Jesus as the marvelous advisor for the advance of life. 
What we're doing is we're taking the four names. And uh, first of all, I believe that we see, see, what we see is the marvelous ad ad advisor for the advance of life. The world that we've already talked about, it is a tough old place to live. And therefore, at times, life can be hard, knowing what way to turn and what direction to go. Perhaps this is where you're at life, or where you're at in life at this present moment in time. I, of course, say I'm just visiting here. I know some people's faces, but the reality is I don't know circumstances. But God knows. And maybe today you find that as you come into the house of God, and I know that we can come in, we can put a smile on, but so often behind the smile, there's heartbreak, there's difficulty, there's uncertainty. There's, there's, there's pondering as to what way do we go with certain circumstances of life. Perhaps you're facing a dilemma today and you've come here really uh, seeking God because you don't know what way to turn. Perhaps you're facing a situation in life and say you don't know what to do. And thankfully, God hasn't left us on our own devices because our Savior is able to guide us and direct us step by step. And sometimes that's what we, I think we need to remember because what we want is whenever we're in a difficult situation, what is it we want? We want to go from the difficult situation right out of it and into that situation where, or into that place where it's all behind us. But what we need to remember is that at times what God actually does is he takes us just step by step. It's not always a great leap from here to there, whereas it, uh, uh, so often what he does, he just leads us step by step. And whenever we look at this wonderful, or this name here, how wonderful it is, where he is called Wonderful Counselor. Now, I understand that in the original manuscripts, there's, there's no comma between the two words like we have here, particularly um, in, in, in the King James Version. And therefore, I believe the two words, uh, I understand that the two words are more closely linked than we think uh, than when there's a, a comma between the two. Certainly, um, uh, he is wonderful, and, uh, and how we could take that and, and develop a whole sermon or a series of sermons on, on the name Wonderful. And yes, today we rejoice that he's the counselor. And again, you could take that and, 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 and build a, a series of sermons on, on, on that. But, but most importantly today, he's the wonderful counselor. And that there's no one greater than him when it comes to the guidance and to the counsel that we need to take us through this troubled world that we live in. The, wonder, the word wonderful simply means marvelous. And that's why I've said he's the, 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 the marvelous advisor you know, for the advance of life, for going forward in life. The, one, the word wonderful uh, simply means marvelous. The interesting thing about it, if anybody that's, that's into football, and even if you're not into football, interesting word is that the or interesting thing about it is that the Greek word is pele, believe it or not. It's the word pele. And uh, anybody that watched the great Pelly play football uh, will no doubt uh, have described him as being marvelous. Probably you would have had commentators at times who would have said that they, they just simply run out of superlatives. So good was he. And uh, uh, certainly he was somebody that knew how to get about football pitch. 
He knew where the goal was, and indeed he scored many uh, great goals. And see, that's what the word wonderful, it comes from the word pele. And then we have the word counselor, and it just simply means advisor. And whenever we look at the Lord Jesus Christ and we look at his ministry, say we don't have time to go into it in any detail here this morning, but whenever you, you look at it, and particularly when you go through the gospel accounts, what you see is that this is how the Lord Jesus Christ lived in this world, that he was a wonderful counselor, that he was somebody who brought tremendous counsel to people, particularly to those that were lost in their sin, how to find eternal life, but then to his own people. And we think particularly of the time that he spent with the 12 disciples and of how he guided them and of how he directed them and of how he instructed them as to how they were to live whenever particularly he would be returned to glory. Say his insight, his knowledge that was superior to everybody else's. We think of his counsel. We think of the authority with which he spoke. I think of the words in John chapter 7 and verse 40 to 46. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ... Uh, cometh of the seed of David, and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was. So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers of the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have ye not brought him? The officers answered, Never man speak like this man. Added to this, what is it he also himself said? John chapter 12, verse 49. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment what I should say and, and what I should speak. In other words, he's acknowledging the complete counsel of God the Father. John 14, verse 24. The word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. And also in John 17, in verse 8. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. In other words, the words of the, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ are the greatest words that we can ever read and hear. I think also of the great verses, say we could look at many this morning, but I know it's, a, a, it's precious to many people. In fact, I was at a funeral of a believer during the week down in Kilkeel, and uh, every time she wrote a, a, a Christmas card or wrote a birthday card to nephews and nieces and all, she always put at the end of it, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I call it the wedding text. Because isn't it so often you're at a, a, a wedding, particularly a Christian wedding, somebody will share this with the bride and groom. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Not just some of your ways. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I think also of James 1 and verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Liberally means abundantly. Abradeth not means he won't hold it back. And is it today that you're somebody in, your mid, in the midst of some trial, some difficulty? 
you're wondering how to go forward in life, maybe it's something to do with work, it's something to do with business, something to do with family. You're wondering what does, what's 2024 going to bring? I'll be found in the Word of God between them. Because it's the Word of God, it's the words of the Lord Jesus Christ that will guide us, that will direct us, that will clearly show the pathway forward. To say, so often, what is it we want? We want to jump from here to there. But what he does is he leads us on a pathway. And to get down a pathway, you have to take it step by step. And that's exactly what he will do, as he will lead you and guide you through it all. So we see, first of all, that he is the marvelous advisor for the advance of life. Secondly, I want you to see that he is the warrior's strength for the attacks of life. He's the warrior strength for the attacks of life. The word mighty, because that's what it goes on to say, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. The word mighty just simply means powerful, and it's in the context of being a warrior. And the word God uh, there means strength. And, uh, uh, and that's why we say today that he is the warrior strength that we need for the attacks of life. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this morning, if you don't already know it, but I would assume that you do know it, that we're living in a day of great challenges, I've already been saying. And do we not, as the people of God, need him more than ever? In today's world, with the spiritual battle that is going on all around, and every Satan or every effort that Satan is going to to destroy the church, or uh, that he's he, he's focusing on to seek to destroy the church of Jesus Christ and the testimony of the gospel. And aren't we glad that he is with us to help us fight our battles? Because that is our great hope. As, as we live in a world that has become so, uh, so corrupt and so immoral and, 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 and so anti-Christian, so anti-God, and we see it with the laws that are being passed in our land, and we, we see with what's going on in authorities and, and among school authorities and, and seeking to indoctrinate children, young primary school children, with things that, 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 that are just unbelievable. Sadly, we're living in a day when that which was practiced in secret up the side alley years ago now has been paraded down the main street as being the normal. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And that's something I think that we need to realize in the present day if we haven't to realize it. And can I encourage you that you be in the prayer meeting because the prayer meeting is the place to pray about it. It was tremendous encouraging this morning as I sat in the prayer meeting just before we started here. Several people prayed and they prayed about the battle that we're in. But praise God today that as we think of who we are, we're on the victory side. That even in the midst of all that is going on, praise God today, we are on the victory side in the church. In spite of what we're seeing going on, and so often we're just focusing on, on little, little Northern Ireland. But we need to think of it worldwide because, because God uh, is a global God. And, and, and while we may see things going on here that concern us and worry us, we need to remember that yet even here he is still building his church. And overseas, he's building his church. 
And in some of the most, uh, the, the most persecuted countries of the world, or, or where Christians are most persecuted, it's there that he's building his church the most. And therefore, we can be encouraged today because, because Jesus Christ, the promise of, of the Savior, still stands. The mighty God, where he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not that's a promise, shall not prevail against it. And today we can press on. Why? Because Jesus Christ, he's the, the captain of the Lord's army. And if we keep our eyes fixed upon him, he will lead us through this battle and he will take us on from strength to strength. Don't you just love the words? Second Chronicles 20, verse 15. He said, Hearken ye, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's why we need to keep our eyes fixed Upon him. Many other scriptures, again, Psalm 28, verse 7, the Lord says the psalmist is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. Can I say today that in the midst of this battle, that what we be doing is we be getting together as the people of God and keeping our eyes fixed upon he who is the captain of the army? He's the mighty God. He's the one who has accomplished the victory at the place called Calvary, and he's the one who will not leave us. He will not forsake us, and he will help us through it all. On the spiritual battlefield, may we trust his leadership, know his help to come forth uh, all victorious as he leads the way. And how important that we remember that as the people of God, that it's not, we're not on a spiritual cruise ship, as some seem to think at times, but we're on a spiritual battleship. Sadly, we're living in a day where people are preaching. You maybe are more aware of it than I am in other places locally here. But people are preaching, come to Christ, and oh, it's all going to be so easy and so wonderful. That's not the message I read in the Bible. Come to Christ and you could suffer persecution. Because we're told in, in various scriptures, persecution will be the... the it will be the mark of the church in the last days. In the days of the perilous times of Second Timothy chapter 3. And as I say, we, we need to understand that we're not on a spiritual cruise ship. We're on a, on a spiritual battleship. And neither are we on a spiritual, or a, a spiritual playground, but we're on a battleground. And we need to be looking to the Lord. But praise God, we can because He is the mighty God. He is... As we see here, the wonderful counselor, indeed the, the marvelous advisor for the advance of life. He's the warrior's strength for the attacks of life as he is the mighty God. Thirdly, I want you to see that he is the forever principle for the afterlife. What do we mean by all of that? Well, the word everlasting simply means for forever. Everlasting Father, I think, has been a confusing name to people. Because we know of God the Father. So why is Jesus Christ then called, God, or called the everlasting Father? Whenever we know him as God the Son. But we need to understand what these two words mean. Everlasting simply means forever. But the word Father, it simply means principle. Uh, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L. 
and uh, not the, uh, the other one, which is you know, like the principles of life, which, where it ends in L-E, but it ends in A-L. And, and, and uh, really what it means is, is, is originator, that he is the everlasting originator, that he's the everlasting principle. Now, normally when I think of principle, I thought of somebody back in the days, back when I was at school, somebody who was stern, somebody who was strict, almost unapproachable. But this is not what it, the, the word father means here when we use this word principle. It simply means the one who first started something. The originator, the highest rank to it all. And I think of Hebrews 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, what? The author, the originator and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And may we, when we celebrate the cradle of Christmas, we also focus on the cross of Calvary. Because that's where we see that he is the everlasting father. You see, whenever Jesus Christ came into the world, it, it, it wasn't God sending him as a plan B. It, it wasn't God looking at the sin of the world and saying, where has it all gone wrong? No, even before foundation of the world. God already had the plan that the day would come when the Lord Jesus Christ would would, would, would take on human flesh and come as the saviour of the world. What is it we were thinking with the boys and girls? For unto you is born this day a saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And today we rejoice that, that whenever he stepped, whenever he stepped from heaven's glory and came down into this world as a little babe, that he knew why exactly he was coming that he was coming to bring salvation, that he was coming to save men and women, boys and girls, to save all who trust in him from, from the uh, awful eternity that awaits him in that awful place called hell, that he came to be the giver of eternal life. And we think at this time of the year of gifts, and we give gifts, and we buy gifts, and so forth. But praise God that when he died upon the cross, that he paid the price for what? For eternal life, so that we could be saved. And today, for those of us who are saved, oh, may we rejoice in this over this Christmas time as to why he stepped from heaven's glory into this sin-cursed world. But today, if you're not saved, oh, that you would come and put your trust in him. That you would understand today that you are on a broad road that has taken you out into hell. Maybe the thinking in your mind today is this. I go to church, hopefully then, when I stand before God and I give an account, that I'll be able to say, I was at church enough times and I did a lot of good things and he, hopefully he will let me into heaven. You know what you're saying? You're saying that you're the one who's in charge of salvation. But it's him. Because he so loved us that he left the splendors of heaven, came into this world as he humbled himself, was born to the Virgin Mary, and he lived in this world, but praise God, lived a, a sinless life. Why? So that he could go right up onto the cross of Calvary and die in your place, pay the, pay the price 
for your sin, take all the punishment that you deserve for all of your sins. And if today you come and you put your trust in him, the wonderful thing is this. Salvation is certain. It's certain. Because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he will save you today. And he's the one, indeed, who is the originator of it all. But what is it Hebrews 12 says? He's the author, the originator, but he's the finisher of our faith. He's the one who will complete it. In other words, he will keep us. And so many people, they they listen to the devil, and the devil says, oh, you get saved today. But what about tomorrow? You're going to fail God, or you maybe lose all your salvation. No, you're you're kept in him. Because he's the one who is the finisher of our faith. So we see here these, these great names. See, time is gone as well, but we've seen the, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And then finally, what is it we have? The Prince of Peace. That is the chief shalom for the anxieties of life. The chief shalom, because we all know, don't we? We see it around the country. Maybe you have it in your house, shalom. Of course, that word that means peace. And from the moment we trust Christ for salvation, we experience what? We experience peace with God. Romans 5 verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And all that over this Christmas time, that people will come to the one who is the Prince of Peace, because everybody wants peace. And we're living in a world where it's crying out for what? It's crying out for peace, especially when we think of the Middle East, when we think of Ukraine and and Russia and so forth. People are crying out for peace. But who is the Prince of Peace? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. But having said this, don't we still live in a troubled world once we have put our trust in Christ? And let's be honest, don't we still have troubles in life? Mentioning that at the start about how he will guide us through it all. But isn't it lovely that even in the midst of it all, that as we wait on him, for him to guide us step by step, that we also can experience what? The peace of God that passes all understanding. Somebody said this, peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble, but is rather the confidence that he is there with you always. He indeed is the Prince of Peace. Perhaps today you've come here, you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet you're lacking peace. Have you committed it all to him? Have you got before him in prayer and handed it over to him and say, Lord, here, you take it, because I can't. I love the words, Isaiah 26 and verse 3, just a few chapters on from this, thou will keep him in what? In perfect peace. Shalom, shalom is how it is, it is in the original manuscripts. Double peace. Perfect peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Is that where our mind is today? That it's in the word of God and it's in the promises of God 
And it's in the reminder to ourselves of what God has been to us in the past and of what he has been to us in the past. He will be with, he'll be to us in the present and will continue to be with us in the future as well. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, I've quoted already a part of it. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which patheth all understanding, shall keep what? Your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, today may we be somebody that we're looking to him. Sometimes what happens in life when there's troubles, they come and they hit us hard. Sometimes we make the big mistake, don't we? We go the, the opposite way from God. We feel our mind is so troubled. But yet what God wants is know that we actually come closer to him. Because his word says, draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. When he draws nigh, he fills you with that peace that nobody can explain. That nobody, no doctor can explain. And, and doctors do an absolutely great and wonderful work and we need them and we thank God for them. But yet at times it's whenever people are even faced with the worst of news that the peace of God just flows in. And what a blessing it is to them as they experience that peace in a most wonderful way. May today, this Christmas, and over this Christmas season, we be able to celebrate. Why? Because of who Jesus is. Because indeed, he is the one that is exactly spoken of in Scripture. That indeed, he is the one that God has said will bless us, help us, be with us, be with us in our battles. Be with us in our trials. Be with us in our struggles. And indeed, he'll be there with us forever and ever. May today our hope be in him, our encouragement be in him, and our trust be completely in him through it all. We're going to finish this part of our service as we'll sing. 459, I, I don't know who picked this hymn. I, I, I wasn't asked, um, but look what it says. Did you pick it? Good man. Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace. Overall victorious in its bright increase. Perfect, yet it floweth fuller every day. Perfect, yet it groweth deeper all the way. We look to him. This is what we will experience, particularly as we go through the troubles of life. Thank you. Mm -hmm.